With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every Friday, the gift of a free Rutgers ScoutCast. Drink it in, man. I am your host of the Rutgers ScoutCast, Scarlet Report publisher Sam Hellman, and welcome to another show. We've gotten a ton of great feedback and our, our download numbers our view counts or whatever you call them are way up after having Chris Carlin on the show two weeks ago and Keith Sargent of NJ.com on the show last week. And since we've gone with the media-heavy perspective the last couple weeks, it's time to get back to Rutgers, and that is why my guest this week is senior safety Anthony Chaffee. I've known Anthony a long time. He's one of my all-time favorites to cover at Rutgers I remember when he was a junior in high school, a friend of mine and someone that I worked with that used to work at Rutgers, he's gone now, told me, hey, they've got this kid, Anthony Chaffee, visiting for a junior day. I know his dad. I want you to take a look at his film and let me know what you think. So I did, and I said, oh, he's really athletic. He played a lot of quarterback on his film, so I kind of dismissed that because we all know Anthony Chaffee's position was not going to be quarterback at Rutgers. But then I looked at him, I said, he's a pretty good kid. I wonder how he's going to grow. I I like him. So I reached out to Anthony and got his contact information, got a little more, found out a little more about him. And then I got to shake his hand at the basketball game. But tell you what, at the end of that basketball game, junior day, Anthony Chaffee was the first member of that recruiting class. He was one of the first real Kyle Flood recruits because obviously the class beforehand was all Greg Schiano's guys. Well, that was five years ago, and Anthony is now a senior. You've all seen him grow up from the high school senior whose dad owned a deli to the freshman that got flattened against UCF and had that fun sack against Louisville to the turnover machine and, and team spokesperson that he is now. Uh, I had a good time sitting down with Anthony, and you're going to hear a little bit more from him in a minute on the podcast. But first, a couple things that are on my mind that we won't be discussing in the body of the show. The Rutgers defensive secondary was definitely the story of the week when it comes to getting ready. Now, of course, the secondary has to be on its toes every week, but this is a run-heavy offense, and Rutgers is in a lot of trouble health-wise at both corner and safety right now. At cornerback, Rutgers lost Ross Douglas to a what looked like an ankle injury against Howard. He had been having problems earlier in the week, which you obviously knew about if you were a Scarlet Report premium member. I don't expect Ross Douglas to play on Saturday, which means that true freshman Damon Hayes is in for a huge role. Damon Hayes, I thought, had a great start playing against Howard. He did a very good job with what he was asked. But the thing with any true freshman, especially at a position like corner, where you're out on an island or where you're in nickel and you really have to be aware of your coverage assignments, uh, you have to stay in your area against a triple option, it's going to be a tough week for Damon Hayes, so you can't ask him to do too much. 
That's why I found it very interesting to see fellow freshman DeCoven Bailey work at defensive back, work in the nickel this week. Bailey is a pure athlete, but his experience so far has been on special teams at wide receiver and slot back, running some of that option stuff that we've seen with Janarian Grant and a little from John Simmons as well. So at corner, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Bailey plays, especially his hands have been... I think he has a wrist injury, it looked like, so I don't know how his catching ability is affected by that, and maybe you feel he's best suited as an extra athlete on defense this week. I can't wait to see that. And then at safety, Saquon Hampton is out at least a couple weeks, Chris Ash says. I would think they'll reevaluate him heading into Iowa, maybe even after that. But with him out, Kai Hester is your second starting safety, and those are really your only scholarship safeties, are Kai Hester and Chaffee, who you're going to hear from in a minute. You need sub-packages, and you need backups in case there are injuries. And the concern for Rutgers is that right now those backups are true freshman K.J. Gray, who you saw his first interview as a Scarlet Knight a couple days ago. I was happy to finally talk to him. It was the first interview he's done since he joined the program. And then Lawrence Stevens, another true freshman. This guy, a walk-on that Chris Ash really put over this week. But those are your only backups at safety. So it's something that, tell you what, Rutgers needs to be on its game in the secondary. Those front seven needs to find a way to generate pressure and to contain the triple option because this secondary right now, it's looking kind of like those put-together-at-the-last-minute secondaries that we saw the last two years. Very briefly, before we hear from Anthony Chaffee, I want to touch on my experience at St. John Vianney High School last week. St. John Vianney in Homedale, as you know, is the home of Micah Clark and Jamal Beattie. They're brothers, and they're both committed to Rutgers. This is the first time that I've seen them since they committed to Rutgers in a real football game. And, man, look, I know that Micah Clark is a four-star. I know that he's the top player in the state, but wow. I was incredibly impressed with Micah Clark. He is a freak athlete. He is a freak personality in that he just screams energy. He screams leadership. Everything about him, I was impressed. Before the game, his team's running off to go into the locker room, and him being a team captain, him being a leader, he stops the team. He says, hey, coach, wait a second. And the team stops. They're looking around like, what, what? And he and one other player run off to the middle of the field, and they say a prayer together. It's obviously something that they do a lot, and since it's been the first game, maybe they've forgotten to do it. But he's always focused on his team. He's not afraid to speak up and be different, and I think that's a big reason why you saw him commit to Rutgers. He's not afraid to be different. He's not afraid to take a chance on something that, look, if you're a top player in Jersey, a lot of people are going to say, why would you even consider Rutgers? Look at what they look at what happened last year. Look at the offers you have. Ohio State wants you. Why would you not go there? Well, it's guys like Micah Clark that are a little different, that aren't afraid to take a chance, and that's what they've done. I talked to Micah, and I talked to Jamal after the game, and I told them, you guys just watched Rutgers get their butt kicked by Washington. Why are you concerned about this? Like, what happens if they get their butt kicked again? And Micah Clark and Jamal at the same time were like, who cares? We don't care. We love Rutgers. We're ready to watch this team lose if it means winning big later. If... Rutgers loses Michael Clark or Jamal Beattie. It won't be because of what happens on the field. They understand that this is a rebuild. And even if it means them losing as freshmen and sophomores when they're developing and when Chris Ash is building, they're very excited about the future of Rutgers. 
And someone else that's excited about the future of Rutgers is Anthony Chaffee. As a senior, he's seen a lot. He's been through a lot playing for Kyle Flood and now playing for Chris Ash. And you're going to hear from him in just a second. But before we hear from Anthony Chaffee, let me tell you something really quick about FanEssentials.net. The NFL season is underway, and somehow magically, the Mets and the Yankees are not yet mathematically eliminated, so it's time to gear up. And that's where FanEssentials.net comes in. How would you like to get your favorite team's merchandise delivered straight to your doorstep? Well, check out FanEssentials.net. All you do is pick your favorite sports team, and every month you get your team's gear shipped right to your door. They find the sports gear so you don't have to, and each fan box comes packed full with amazing gear. It makes a great gift idea for any sports fan, or you can be selfish and go ahead and get one for yourself. Prices start at just $34.99 at fanessentials.net. But here's the thing. Because you're a fan of the Rutgers ScoutCast, you can use my promo code SCARLET. You put that in at fanessentials.net at checkout, and you get 30% off your first month just like that. Visit fanessentials.net to get all the essentials you need. Excited to welcome to the show this week, uh, Anthony Chaffee to the Rutgers Scout Cast. What's going on, man? What's going on? How's everything? Good. So about five years ago, I went to uh, Dayton to a basketball game. Uh, <laughs> we met for the first time. You were a lot skinnier then, right. but it was right after you committed to Rutgers. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about that whole experience? Because you committed so early in the process. Yeah, it was, it was a nuts experience um, coming out. It was my only offer, and uh, I came out to a football game. And it was just, I fell in love. So then right from then on, I was uh, excited to try to be a scar at night. So it was after a basketball game where uh, Coach Flood uh, offered me, and I was like, you know, it's in my dreams to come here, so let's write it up. Does that feel like four years ago? (laughs) No, not at all. It feels like it it was yesterday I was signing uh, the National Letter of Intent in a classroom in school. Uh, Anthony, I guess... uh, this is your senior year. You've had a couple games now. Mm-hmm. How are you enjoying the transition? I know it's a lot more challenging now. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's actually it's been a smooth process with all like the things I have like with the coaches and everything. Um, I feel that the coaches that we have now they really they help the process a lot, and that's what the main thing that people were looking at is seeing if kids were gonna get you know, bummed out, like all oh, those coaches, they they were with me for three years or four years, uh, and now all of a sudden they're gone. How am I going to react to these coaches? But I feel everybody's on the same page, and, and they really enjoy it. I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this question, but obviously you have a nose for the football. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Like, how, how are you always three feet away from whenever the turnover happens? Like, how does that happen? I, I don't know, but I, I just feel that the coaches put us in the right positions where – if stuff does go wrong and the ball's in the air, you could go make a play on it. And uh, it, I happen to always be there, but uh, it, it's something where I want to be around the ball even more. Uh, last football question here. Mm-hmm. Um, how much would you say just your experience here is preparing you and developing you? Because I look at you as a freshman. You played right away, mm-hmm. and now you're one of the – impact guys in this defense mm-hmm. now you have all these other freshmen playing and they're going to be trying to follow your path like how, how much of that early experience help you uh the experience helped me out tremendously because it, it it brings out that competitor in you that say my freshman year i was i was kind of thrown in and it was just a lot to grasp and i had a lot of help from like the older guys 
And now it's like I see these kids, like, oh, I was in that same position. So what the older guys told me is what I keep relaying to them. So it's pretty cool to see how, how they handle it and because sometimes they handle it like I do and other times they handle it better. So it's good to see how they can mature very fast. And, and you, kids mature at different rates, but I feel like football players, like freshmen, once you're, once you're in, you're, it's, it's go time. Now, the Trophy family is known for a couple things. They're known for big-time football, mm -hmm. and they're known for big-time Italian food. Yes. What was it like growing up, and even now, just mm -hmm. people come up to you all the time talking about the deli, talking about your family's restaurants? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Growing up, uh, I'm a couple blocks away from the, the restaurant and the store, so it's like I wake up, go to school, have lunch from, uh, I have a sandwich, ham and cheese, uh, after school, I'd have practice, and then I'd just head right to the deli. I'd get some food there, and then go home. My mom would be making food. Sometimes she'll get mad at me because I'll eat at the deli and not tell her. And I'm like, oh, I just want to get a, a quick like snack, you know? But then I end up eating a whole plate of chicken parm. But it, it was just, it's cool because you, once you're there, you see all the, like, these, these fans and the people from town that you see at the games and they're like, oh, I follow you, like your inspiration to like my kids, like playing football and I thank you. Um, and it's just a humbling experience with that because it's, it's like you never know who you're going to touch in, in, in football. Um, now, obviously your family is plenty of good cooks. Can you cook? Oh, shoot. I don't know. I, I haven't, I could do uh, pasta is easy, uh, grilled chicken, um, some hamburgers and hot dogs. That, that, that's the basics I feel that I need. So uh, that, that's what I do, and I'll get some pre-cooked stuff. <laughs> I'll just throw in the microwave. Yeah, and you eat. can always throw some Capicola on it. Right. Right? <laughs> All right, last three questions I ask these to every guy I have on the show. Uh, who would you say is your favorite Rutgers athlete? Who? Whether it's um, football, basketball, someone you grew up watching, one of your teammates now. Um, I feel it was um, Muhammad Sanu. Because I feel he carried himself very well on and off the field. He um, he was an impact player, and right now he's he's making a lot of money doing the sport that he loves. And I feel that one day I could uh, I'll be able to say that. And he's a great role model for a lot of kids. It's like you you bring up Rutgers and you bring up Sanu, so it, it's it's him by a long shot. And he was a pretty good host on some of those visits when you were in high school. I bet. Yeah, he he really was, but. Uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed like his personality and how how personable he was. Like even though he didn't know you, he'd, he'd make the time like, oh, get to know you. What's your name? Like where are you from? Stuff like that. Uh, second question: What would you say is your favorite memory when you think about Rutgers? Uh, I feel like that getting on campus feeling and knowing like it's it's like it's real. Like you're you're in school, you're um, you're you're doing the sport that you love, uh, and. It's, it's you're a student athlete for a reason, and to get the, a degree from such a prestigious school is is amazing. So yeah, what are you going with sacking Teddy Bridgewater? Oh, uh, that <laughs> that is fo football wise, yeah, that'll be it. But I tried to keep it uh, going on school. I feel well, like that's probably still your Twitter avatar four years later. <laughs> <laughs> I still have pictures uh, favorited on my. Yeah, that one's definitely that. up on the, the wall in the deli. I, I've seen <laughs> that one myself. In the in the bat in the uh, office too. Yeah. All right, last question. Mm -hmm. uh, on campus, so you can't pick your dad's restaurant, but on campus, where's your favorite place to eat? I, I like to say Hansel, Hansel and Griddle. Um, that's something where I just, I call up, they know where it's going, and they know who it is, and it's, it's, 
the same thing every time. Popcorn, uh, buffalo, chicken, something? Uh, buffalo, chicken, crisp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the potato wedges and a strawberry landslide with some protein in, so I don't feel that bad about it. Yeah, that way, yeah. Uh, Coach Parker will only get sort of mad at you. Right. <laughs> it's still good. All right, thanks, Anthony. Yep, anytime. Thanks again to my guest, Anthony Chaffee, this week. Had a good time talking Rutgers football, talking Capicola, and a special thanks to Ryan Dunleavy for being considerate enough to loudly play basketball while the real media was trying to work doing our interviews. Is he good enough to play for Pykele? Well, it's an eight-foot hoop, and he's shooting about 30%, so, I mean, maybe. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Brian, welcome in. Scott, national recruiting analyst Welcome to the show. How's your week been, Brian? Busy week, fun week, getting to see a lot of film on kids, getting to see a lot of 2018 kids, which is kind of where recruiting's heading. And, you know, going to spend the weekend going to Archbishop Wood, St. Joe's Prep on Friday, and St. Peter's Prep, the Petty School, on Saturday. And that should be a fun one because we know schools in New Jersey don't recruit, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of talent just happened to meander into those schools. Yeah, you mentioned watching tape. Before we jump into talking about tomorrow's game, did you get a chance to see Micah Clark and Jamal Beatty's film from their first game? I did get a chance to see it. And impressions? I, I, I don't do impressions, but I'll tell you what I thought. Um, it, it's funny. It's what I texted you. Watching Micah play is, I, I mean, it's exciting, but sometimes it's, it's kind of funny just in the sense that he's going hard and he's so athletic and he wants to play so fast that he's just running around looking for somebody to hit. And when you look at what he brings athletically, and you're talking about a kid who's 6'5", 260, who moves around like he's, I mean, let's be honest, he moves around like he's a, a safety, not even a linebacker. Go back and watch his, uh, the video I shot from him at Rutgers camp in shorts and a T-shirt, and he, yeah, he looks like a linebacker. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And so you say, you know, why is he rated so high? Because there's so much to work with there. You just don't see that kind of talent and that kind of size. And then Beattie is improved from what I saw him last year, kind of a, a interior guy. I still think he's a guard, maybe a center, strong guy, pad level's good. Um, you know, you can look at it and say, well, geez, he, he looks more refined technique-wise. And I don't know if that's true, but I also know that, you know, Micah's athleticism is so high off the charts. It's, I mean, that's what you want when you're looking at NFL guys in terms of athleticism. Now, can he get to that point? It remains to be seen. We'll see how well they coach him up at Rutgers. I expect him to develop well. And But I, I also look at Beattie and I say, you know, it's a good job by Rutgers moving on him. They need to redo their offensive line and, and get tougher in there. And he's a guy that can play either guard spot, maybe center, has some athleticism. I just think he's a lot um, – he doesn't have the athleticism that Micah has. So a lot of people look at that, and he's not as tall with the arm length, and that's kind of why his recruiting wasn't as, you know, big as Micah's. Our Scarlet Report members are going to get an in-depth preview, both of us on video with our predictions and the breakdowns, the ins and outs of tomorrow's game against the Lobos. But here for the podcast listeners, Brian, just – Give me one key to the game. Give me one thing that you're really looking for. You know, Rutgers is a favorite here, but it's not a big favorite, and this is definitely one that could go either way. I want to see if Chris Laviano comes out and can play well and run this offense the way it's supposed to be run. And if he doesn't, how long they're going to sit there and let him do it. I mean, here we are, third week of the season. I understand that Rossino 
and Tylan Odin and Zach Gallen may not understand the passing game, but it's not like Chris Laviano is completing a lot of passes. Wow, great understanding of the passing game. He still can't move the offense if he if he struggles. That's what I want to see. I want to see the first two or three drives, what he can do offensively. You don't have to score. Run the offense the right way. Well, let's just transition into part two of the news then because obviously quarterbacks are the hot topic at Rutgers. I mean, Really? Yeah, I know. Oh, it's so nice to do something new. Yeah, I mean, it's only been ten years. Uh, but... You mentioned, you know, the lack of passing game from these three guys that are, you know, hypothetically pushing Chris Laviano. I would say that as much as defenses don't respect Chris Laviano's running game, they probably don't respect those other three guys' passing game even more. So when you put in, hypothetically, a guy like Gio or a guy like Tylen Oden, all you got to do is stack the box and, and prepare for you know, make sure that your eye discipline's good, make sure you're filling your lanes properly, and you can take away the running game if you're a good team. So I guess, Brian, uh, part two of the news, I'll just ask you a question. If you're Chris Ash, what do you do at quarterback this week? I leave Laviano in because, the guy. look, yeah, Resigno did nice in his one drive against Howard, so let's build his career off of one drive. Tylen Oden didn't even look to throw the ball, was going against a tired, tired Howard team, some of the backups and. I mean, it is so easy to get crazy over guys doing well against backups. I mean, it's it's like watching a walk-on running back carve up a defense in a spring game and then thinking that he's going to be, you know, the next Gale Sayers. Let's just – look, the other two can't throw the ball yet. That's a pretty big part of being a quarterback unless you're playing at Army, Navy, Air Force, or maybe even New Mexico. Right. But, I mean – you know, I'll say it for, I can't remember if it's the second or the second millionth time. Right now, Chris Laviano is the best quarterback they have to win a game on Saturday. Now, I, I agree with you, but I, if I'm Chris Ash, that's not how I would handle the quarterbacks this week. If I'm sitting in my fancy Hale Center head coaching office. They got new offices at the Hale Center? They do. They actually have padlocks on the doors finally, so you can't get the... Uh, and high-definition television yeah, screens. Yeah, can't get the wild cards wandering around in there anymore like, you know, you and I. I uh, if I'm Chris Ash, I start Chris Laviano, but I am very ready to put Giovanni Rossigno in that game. I, would, I wouldn't necessarily draw up a series where you automatically put him in, but if Rutgers is losing second drive of the second half, I'm putting someone else in. It's just... It, what if it's 31-28? Still putting someone else in. I want to change a pace. I think that quarterback needs to be handled like a lot of other positions on the field. And if you're going to pull Chris Muller for Marcus Applefield because he's not performing, if you're going to do the same thing with Zach Heeman and Tariq Colt left tackle, if you're going to do it with Najee Clayton and Greg Jones at weak side linebacker, sorry, strong side linebacker, then you need to be prepared to do it at quarterback because Chris Laviano is not going to be here forever. How much higher is his ceiling than what we're seeing now? And you know what? Maybe maybe New Mexico is more vulnerable to an option attack that you can run with Gio and Janarian Grant and Jay Harris all in the field at the same time. I'm going into this game prepared to play a backup just in case. Well, that's all well and good. We don't know how New Mexico is going to handle an option. What if they handle it great? What if you make the move, you go to your backup quarterback, and he doesn't do anything? Then what do you do? I mean, everybody operates under the premise 
that when you go to a backup, he's going to perform well. And, and that's just not how it works. I mean, have not lessons been learned from watching the Gary Nova Chase Dodd thing? I mean, Kyle Flood had his faults, but the handling of the quarterback situation, it was because who they had at the time was the best. I mean, everybody thinks that you're going to put the backup quarterback in, and, oh, boy, here goes the offense. So you pull Laviano in the first series of the second half, and Rossino doesn't do well. What do you do? Well, you give him one series, and then you put Laviano back in if it doesn't work. That's what I would do personally. Uh, this is the first week that Tylen Oden has gotten real reps with the ones in seven-on-seven. Seven. He's That alone tells you how far away he is from a, a real impact game. But, look, if I'm, if I'm Chris Ash in this hypothetical situation, I'm playing the players that give me the best chance to win. You know, I want to go 1-0 and this week. So, yeah. so that, I think, for the majority, is Chris Laviano. Well, Rutgers travels to College Park for its final regular season game of this year. Brian, maybe not the final game of the season. We'll see how that uh, push to a bowl game goes, but it could be the end of the season. Next year, however, Maryland will not return to Rutgers as a part of the normal Big Ten scheduling. Instead, we have this doubleheader at Yankee Stadium, Rutgers versus Maryland wrestling, Rutgers versus Maryland football. Fans don't like it. That's the instant feedback I've received. Fans don't like it. Media probably just doesn't care. We're indifferent, although I'd rather drive to Piscataway than drive to the Bronx. Do you know how many pokey stops there are at Yankee Stadium? No. There's a lot, so there's that going for you. Okay. Great. Um, Brian, you're someone that watches a lot of games from the stands, not necessarily in the press box, because we both discussed how much we dislike press boxes. How do you react to this as someone that would theoretically, you know, go with your family, watch the game, take in the experience? What are your thoughts? I mean, I really don't care where they play. It's one of those things where, while people can complain about it, uh, why not make the best of the situation and so you can you know I've gone to Yankee Stadium for football games um, not just Rutgers also football games I have gone for the beautiful game as well many a time watched my Liverpool team win all right move it along anyway did see the Galaxy play there as well anyway but you know it's nice you go into the city maybe have a nice lunch hang out check you know take the subway up it takes you right off at the stadium and you just make a day of it and it's different do you get to go tailgate it's a little more difficult to tailgate if you're going to take the train in or drive. You can tailgate in one of the parking decks. But it's just different. It, the, the issue that I have with it is what are you getting out of it besides money? You're losing your home field advantage because it's not a great venue to watch a football game. Um, maybe 40% of the seats are in a good location. Are you really getting that bang for your dollar in terms of publicity and wouldn't it just be a better job to go out and just how about you raise some funds instead of just needing a big payout to play at Yankee Stadium? I mean, you're giving up home games, which, I mean, it, that's a tough thing to do. Now, for me, going to the game, yeah, I don't. I mean, I can go to a game, you know, wherever and have a good time. It's For me, it's, it's not about the game. It's about the experience. But I, I, I look at Yankee Stadium 
And I say, what are you doing? Why are you doing something like this for the publicity of it? Now, a first-time gig when they played Army there and it was the first college football game in the new Yankee Stadium or, or you know, whatever they were going to bill it as, yeah, that's different. Okay, you're a first and whatever. But, to see, I mean, my goodness, a Big Ten game. You could be playing for a ball berth for this thing next year. And you're going to Yankee Stadium instead of a home game? I mean, you got to be freaking kidding me. Not to mention recruiting, you know. Yeah, no you visitors. Can't, you can't meet with kids after your home game. Uh, it's, just, it's just asinine, to be honest with you. All right, I'm going to give you the positive here first in terms of what you're getting. I, I do think Rutgers will get a little bit better media exposure out of this. I haven't seen a lot of... New York papers come down to cover this team so far. So I think that uh, it helps. You know, I think there will be a little more excitement spreading out. But that's really the end of where I can think of the positives. Um, One thing you are getting is you are getting injured in this game because that field is a mess. I would also say that I think that fans should take Chris Ash's lead on this one. Chris Ash has been asked about it a couple times now. He said... He said the same thing he said about going out to play Washington, uh, Washington to open the year. He said, wasn't my decision, wasn't Pat's decision, happened before we got here, but we're going to make the best of it. I, I think that uh, if I'm a casual fan, I would, I would treat it the same way. I don't like this, but I'm going to do my best to at least have a good time. Just tell me, other than money, what you get out of it, and now you're a Big Ten school who should be able to fundraise and do some other things. What, I mean, is the media notoriety so much different for this game that, I mean, look, every decision is made for the student-athlete or for recruiting, correct? That's, what, that's what's being said now. And I understand Chris Ash and Pat Hobbs have nothing to do with this. Just explain to me how this helps in recruiting and how this helps the student-athlete, and maybe I'll change my mind. My silence there is my lack of explanation because I got no idea. Welcome to this week's Rutgers Mailbag segment, returning this week with myself and Brian. As always, we take an on-topic question and an off-topic question to have some fun and to answer the things that are on your minds as fans. The best way to get your questions in is through the Scarlet Report premium forums. Send me a message or post it there. I will see it and I will choose yours first. But this week, though that didn't happen, so we went to Twitter where you can hit me up at Sam Hellman Scout. The on-topic question this week came from Jay, and he wanted to know, I think this is more, Brian, for you than me, but we can both give our takes. Who do you think is the best NFL prospect on the Rutgers roster right now? Oh, boy. <laughs> the best NFL prospect on the Rutgers roster. Jeez, are we talking about kids that are going to be high draft picks? Because I guess we can answer it however you want. That's how it was worded. Mm. Boy, Um, you know, uh, I don't have one. I don't have one. How's that? All right, I'll give you two then. Um, I had to think about this for a while, but I think that in terms of guys that you know as fans right now, I I do think that Janarian Grant is an NFL draft pick, not necessarily. I disagree wholeheartedly. I don't think he's a high one, but I think that he is going to have a, if he stays healthy this year, going to have a good season, and I think he is NFL draft worthy. But that's really it as far as upperclassmen in in my mind. Uh, There's younger guys that 
you should keep an eye on, but who knows how they're going to develop. I love what I've seen so far from Kamal Seymour and his transition offensive line. There's some other young linemen that have good size. Damon Hayes has good length at corner. All, some of their corners are pretty good, but it's, there's no one that you look at and say, this guy's an NFL draft pick. There's no Anthony Davis on this roster. There's no Kenny Britt on this roster, but they're coming. They are, but there's also no you know, mid-round draft pick that you look at and say, yeah, I mean, Janarian Grant, right now he's a special teams guy who struggles catching the ball, and special teams guys usually don't get drafted unless you're a really, really good kicker. Um, I, I just don't see it. Now, when you're talking about some of the young guys, yeah, I mean, but I've seen Damon Hayes in person play one game in college, so I'm not ready to say he's an NFL guy. I mean, if you're looking for size, Andre Patton is a guy that will get a, a really good look because he runs well and has good size. It's just, you know, this ain't how it used to be where you can pick out six, seven guys who are going to NFL. I mean, it's, it's slim pickings. I got a lot of chuckles out of our off-topic question for this week, Brian. I think that you'll enjoy it, too, when you hear it. The question is, who is the bigger fan favorite, Hayden Reddick or D'Antoine Rocket Williams? <laughs> I cannot believe I saw somebody on Twitter ask about Landon Donovan, and you know what a big Landon fan I am that you didn't pick that one. But who is the bigger fan favorite? Well, that is a great one. I would say... Hayden Reddick, because DeAntoine Williams finally got in some games and people realized why he wasn't playing. Hayden Reddick hasn't had that opportunity, nor will he get it. Um, so I'm going with Hayden Reddick. Plus, it's the backup quarterback who everybody thinks is going to come off the bench and, and be Frank Reich in the second half of an AFC championship game many moons ago, or a divisional game many moons ago. Yeah, I, I hate when I agree with you, but I do. Uh, when you factor in the passion that every fan base has for their backup quarterback along with the high rating that he had across the board in high school Hayden Reddick is clearly the guy on top of that Reddick has come in games before and he's put up good stats and I think a lot of people look past the situations in which he put up those stats so when you factor all that in he's the guy because you look at DeAntoine Williams he came in he ran for 100 yards against Howard or Norfolk State or someone like that but that was it when people saw him against real competition they fell off and they started to be okay with seeing a lot of Joe Martinek and seeing a lot of I, I want to say Cordell Young Mason Robinson I think those are the guys that beat out the rocket so I, I will agree and I, I will say Hayden Reddick is the all-time fan favorite backup since I've covered this team A big thank you to everyone for listening to another edition of the Rutgers Scout Cast, the Scarlet Report podcast talking everything Rutgers athletics. I enjoyed recording this episode, especially sitting down with Anthony Chaffee. I've known Anthony for a long time, and it's always fun to step back a little bit and get away from the game-by-game -game discussion and actually just talk for a while. So I hope everyone enjoyed catching up with Anthony I have an exciting guest coming next week. As you listen to this, I'm heading to record the interview. It's not someone that you've ever heard of before, but a friend of mine, Kevin Somm, has a great story, is a former Rutgers employee. He worked there as a student, and I'm going to sit down with him and talk about his injury history and everything he's doing now. He's a big part of the concussions in football conversation.
So that's our show for this week. Thanks to everyone for listening. Go ahead and shoot Anthony Chaffee a tweet. Let him know you enjoyed the show. You enjoyed the conversation. Make sure you go out and support Chaffee's Deli over in uh, Springfield, New Jersey. Also, make sure you support the Rutgers ScoutCast by checking out one of our sponsors. That would be FanEssentials.net. Go ahead and toss us a rating in iTunes. The more ratings, the more people are able to find this show. Also, make sure you go and hit that subscribe button. It's the easiest way to listen to the show in iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. With that said, this has been another edition of the Rutgers ScoutCast. I'm Sam Hellman. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.